Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to the Batter's Box on WNSP Now podcast. This is Joey Warner with Ricky Patterson. We're at the WNSP studio on Dolphin Street in Mobile, Alabama. We have guests tonight, and we have our first high school baseball player in the studio tonight. And I'm happy and honored to know that Mr. Edward McLeod from St. Paul's is in the studio with us. Happy to have you, Edward. Thanks for coming down, buddy. Yes, sir. Happy to be here. That's great. We got Joe Connick in the house with the Mobile Mobsters. Joe, thanks for coming down, man. Thanks for having me, Joey. It's always a pleasure. All right, brother. And Ricky, Ricky Patterson, everybody. Ricky, say something good about your weekend, buddy. Uh, well, I don't know how good my weekend was, but today was a little scary, and I got up and thought I was having a heart attack. So I spent about four or five hours in the emergency room today. In fact, I had to ask the nurse, uh, do I need to call an ambulance to get get back there or what? I mean, that, it was kind of scary. I mean, you know, I've never had any problems. I hadn't been to the doctor in 25 years. Oh, my goodness, man. Well, I'm glad you're here. You know, that, that shows how tough you are, man. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, you know, we talked to Jack Tillman coming in here, and Jack talked with all of us, and Jack had some words of encouragement for you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, we'll have, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Can't be much. <laughs> okay. Well, we want to thank our producer, Nick Wiggins. He's always a major help helping us get through each show down here. And I want to talk about my Yankees like I always do. We scored a, a personal high of 20 runs this week. This week. And my grandson, Noah, was busy chasing gaffers to the fence as we lost to the Rangers. So later on, we're going to have Tanner Allen on, on, on the show. Tanner's from Mississippi State, played baseball and football at UMS. He was a 2021 SEC Player of the Year and the 2021 National Player of the Year. And he's playing in the Miami Marlins organization right now. And in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to Alex Pastor, and he's going to tell us about the South Alabama Jaguars, who are 21 and 19 now. And this weekend, they're going to have an alumni reunion, and that's going to be a big thing. For uh, We have uh, an alumnus right here, Ricky Patterson, one of the oldest and best. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then we're going to talk with Joe Connick, and he's going to tell us about the Mobile Mobsters. He's going to tell us all about them. And the Mobile Mobsters are putting on a baseball clinic, clinic to uh, for for the coaches' clinic this Saturday at Mims Park. Joe's going to tell us more about that. But Edward, Edward, uh, you're having a great season, buddy. And you hit a mammoth home run the other night. It even made the news, and people are still talking about it. It was a grand slam, and and your your numbers are just sky high. Tell me what it feels like to to hit a home run like you did the other night. Uh, it just feels great to pick up my teammates and get everybody all fired up and to help us sweep and get the first round win. Well, that you know, great, great answer, man. That's well, that's what you do, man. And uh, right now, I want to share some of some of uh, Edwards' numbers with everybody. Edwards hitting four forty-seven. He's got six home runs, forty-two hits, five doubles, two triples, forty-one RBIs. 33 runs scored, 13 walks, 12 stolen bases, been hit by a pitch five times. In his last six games, he's 13 for 18, which is a 722 clip with three home runs and 17 RBIs, nine runs scored. This past week, he was six for nine, two home runs, eight RBIs, 
six runs scored, three stolen bases, and two walks. And I say these statistics to y'all for one reason, because Edward is the Midtown Optimist Club Player of the Week for Week 10, and he's also the Player of the Week for Week 8. And he's w very deserving of this honor. And on Wednesday, we're going we're gonna to award him with these two trophies for that for what he done on the field. And Edward, tell us a little bit more about your teammates and, and what y'all's goal or is for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, well, we have a very special group of guys. Uh, John Stowers committed to Auburn, Tate Johnston committed to Auburn, and Taylor Odell uncommitted. They're all special group of guys, great hitters, great guys. Wow. And, you know, uh, your Ricky Patterson over here, he's, he's been working with you for quite a while, and, and, and we talk about you all the time, man. And, and it's, it's really cool to, cool, it's cool to have you down here. Ricky, tell us a little bit about what y'all do in your, in your hitting, in, in the hitting cage. Well, he's, he, we've been hitting together since he was about 10 years old, and we, we did most of our hitting on the field up at Municipal Park. But, uh, you know, he's always been a real hard worker, and, you know, it's, it's tremendous to have, you know, like, you know, being around Lance Johnson and his work ethic. And then you see what goes on with Edward. Uh, he's not – nobody's going to outwork him. You know, he, he'll, he'll call me two or three times a week to come over and throw to him, and which, you know, I'm glad to do that because I, I don't – I like work, uh, helping kids, especially if they want to work. And that's one thing that he's not afraid to do. And, you know, being a uh, – he's played – he plays first base. You can tell, you know, he's a, he's a big kid. Uh, 6'3", 215. Uh, he, I know he went up to Mississippi State's uh, camp. They liked him. Uh, he, I think he was over at LSU. They like him. And, you know, I, I, I don't want him to make a commitment early. You know, I, and I, I know there's a couple of kids that's made commitments at, at, um, at St. Paul that's uh, committed to Auburn. But, you know, this – he reminds me a lot of uh, – uh, Tanner Allen, you know Tanner's work ethic and stuff, and work and what Tanner did. I mean his bat his bat speed, but the most impressive thing is how quick his hands are. And he, you know, he had to do a little work this year. You know, he got on a uh, started getting under a lot of balls. You know, when he, he they moved the fence a little bit, and so he thinks that you know I need to try to lift it a little bit more, but. If you take the balls he hit last year, he probably hit 20 doubles. And if he, where, where the fence is now, he'd probably have 20 home runs. But the balls he's hit this year, they, they've been very impressive. I've been fortunate the last two games that he hit balls out. And I was, I've seen a lot of balls hit a long ways. But the, uh, the one he hit the other, the other day to uh, – actually, the bases was loaded and, you know, it's a playoff game early in the game and he hit – he hit a, one of the longest home runs I've seen hit in a long time. But, you know, just like I tell him, I said, don't matter how far you hit them, you only get one. You know, you can hit it 500 feet, you only get one home run. All it's got to do is go over. But he is more of a line drive – uh, guy that and which I always tell them power comes you know you don't have to worry about trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark you know you learned how to spin the ball and you stay on top and good things are going to happen because power is something that you you have and it, it'll come but when you try to force a power that's when you get in trouble I mean I don't want to take up all this time I you know I uh, I know that I, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions about you know where 
what is some of the, the schools that you're mainly leaning to or who you – and keep your doors open. You ain't got to make any great commitments. You've got 5, 10, 15, that's fine. But who who is – if you had a choice right now, who would be your number one? Uh, I just want to go compete at the highest level. Obviously, the SEC and then wherever other opportunities come, they'll come. Okay. What uh, have you had had any more contacts? I know that you just you just informed me that you got offered today to play football. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And where where was that at? Uh, University of North Alabama. And you had one of your teammates that was also offered a football scholarship, or you know, made a phone call, right? Yes, sir. And who was that? Uh, Taylor Odell. Taylor Odell. And Joey, that's another real good-looking player. I mean, you look at him, and then Odell, what's he, 260? Yes, sir. And he's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, but he's a good-looking athlete. He runs well for a big guy. I mean, he looks like a football player. He's, you know, he's bigger than Edward, but he, he's got some pop in it. In fact, he protects, he protects Edward. Last year, you know, as a, as a ninth grader, you know, he, he was uh, he at fourth in the lineup. And there's another good player too, uh, the uh, Jack, uh, the catcher. You know he's a he's a big kid. He's about six three, six four, but I think he's wanting to go to the Naval Academy or. Uh, yes, sir. That's where he's trying to get into right now. And he was one of your main pitchers last year, right? Yes, sir. He was our game two guy. Game two. He pitched well, and I and I actually thought that he was going to be one of your main your main guys, uh, but his brother is the number one. Yes, sir. And he and he was a catcher, and the only time he got to catch was when Jack pitched. You're talking Jack Stowers and John Stowers. Yes, right? yes, two good-looking players. I mean, if being a young coach, you know, you would like to see some of these young players come up like that. I mean, there's you, you got to be excited, and he's got to be excited about the young people that he's got coming. Especially, I mean, they could put, their baseball team could go play football. Let's put it that way. I, I can tell that, you know. And, but one thing I can say. Uh, Edward is uh, y'all are big guys, but me and your coach Andy Rollins, who we go back a long, long way, we're about the same size, so we're still in the ballpark. Yeah, if he was standing <laughs> on your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, the the cool thing about that, listeners out here, is Edward is just a sophomore, so you're going to hear the name this this fellow's name Edward McLeod for a long time, and I, I I've come up with this today. He, he goes as Edward McLeod, but uh, we may start hearing Eddie McLeod a little bit more as we go. So, so again, welcome to the show, Edward, and we're going to talk with you a little bit more as it goes. And I want to thank all the listeners for, for listening to the Batter's Box on WNSP now. And, uh, you know, pick up that, uh, that computer or that, uh, that cell phone and, and go to Spotify and look for the Batter's Box and, and listen to all our shows. And you get to hear all this knowledge with Ricky Patterson and what Joe Connick's going to give us here later. And we're going to talk with Alex Pastor right now. He's a former South Alabama Jaguar, was drafted four times, played in the St. Louis Cardinals organization, played for Eddie Stanky. And let's see if Alex is on the line. You there, AP? I'm here, Joey. Okay. Hey, buddy. Ricky, how you doing? He's doing good here. He's, he's hanging in there. Uh, uh, Alex, t- uh, number one, uh, South Alabama, it looks like they're playing some pretty good baseball at 21 and 19. Tell us a little bit about how they're doing. Yeah, we've uh, really come out of it. We started to hit the ball over the last six weeks. We weren't hitting at all. I think we've raised our team batting average from about 
these 235, 240 up to about 280. And um, we've won the last four Sunbelt series um, that we've played. So we've climbed up the ladder. I think we're about a game at a third place right now. So it's kind of bunched up, but they're playing a lot better. We got two really good pitched, well pitched games this past weekend uh, on Saturday and Sunday. Jeremy Lee pitched yesterday. He pitched only about two hits on uh, six innings, I think, and he's getting back to being the old Jeremy he was before he had the arm issue. And, um, our other pitcher that pitched Saturday pitched, I think he pitched into the seventh inning too, but he, Saturday, uh, Friday was a train wreck, but uh, Saturday and Sunday we did pretty good. I think that, so is that Mitchell here? Better. Mitchell here? Is that, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say Excuse his me. name wrong, but yeah. you got it right. Uh, but uh, I noticed there, there's some pop in that lineup too. You got a couple of, Lawrence Costin's uh, got 10 home runs. Yeah. And, Joseph Sullivan's yeah. got 10, and Will Turner's got nine. And so uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, Will Turner, my guess, both of them, I think, have a shot next year to be top three-round picks. They both can fly. They both got great arms. Um, and uh, Joe Sullivan, who's Pat Sullivan's grandson, cool um, he's the strongest guy on the team, they say. I mean, he's. They 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 could they could, they're hitting the ball, so and everybody's starting to hit. Um, catcher came around that who's been struggling this year with a little hip issue. I think he got two huge hits yesterday. And shortstop um, from uh, oh, from Mobile Faith Academy through Junior College. Yeah, yeah. Uh, JG Bell. Yeah. He's been um, he's been hitting the ball good and. Um, they're 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 coming around, so um, they're playing a way better than they were six weeks ago. Well, that's great, and and you know that's that's going to get more people out there, more support, and it's it's at the right time of year. They play forty games; they're just getting above five hundred. And what's cool is they have a schedule. The next the next ten games, you have the University of New Orleans, Troy Troy University, Southern Miss. Tulane again, and then you yeah. got Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina's number six in the country. So if they can yeah. win, you know, uh, you know, six, six or seven of those games, man, you know, they'll be right in there with with that competition. And you know, it's it's they just got to keep playing good ball up until yeah. up and up until it gets to the you know Sun Belt Conference tournament time. Yeah, these last nine Sun Belt games are. Well, probably the top three teams in the in the conference. Well, Troy maybe not, but um, Coastal and Southern Miss for sure. And and Troy is not a slouch, so um, they got t- nine tough Sun Belt games left. Right, and the Troy and Tulane and Coastal Carolina, I believe, are all at Stanky, and uh, the Southern Miss is on the road. So all those South Alabama fans, right. you know, fill up your fill up your gas tank and. Follow Alex and Leon Druckenmiller to Hattiesburg, Mississippi yeah. to see the Jags play. <laughs> well, yeah. well, Alex, uh, tell us about what's going on this weekend. Y- y'all have an annual uh, alumni reunion each year, and uh, tell us tell us what y'all have scheduled. Yeah, um, 
this year it's going to be the 40th, 30th, 20th, 10th year anniversary. It's going to be 73, um, 83, 93, uh, 2003, and 2013 teams are going to be recognized, but every all the alumni are invited. So if there's any South Alabama alumni out there listening, it's not, you know, it's not limited, obviously, to those to those years. It's um, it's any South Alabama alumni are invited, and um, we're going to Saturday. We're going to uh, we'll, we'll have a lot of food, and um, that'll be supplied by the school. Puts that on, and then Friday we'll do our normal cooking. And I expect a big crowd out there because we cook every game. So we'll cook Friday night, Saturday at two o'clock, and then Sunday I believe Sunday's at one o'clock, and I believe there's a golf tournament uh, Saturday morning. I don't know how many people have signed up for that, but there is a golf tournament. Some guys are playing. Um, I guess that's about it. There's going to I don't know. We're probably it's probably fifty or sixty people that will show up. I think maybe 50 have signed up, but as normal, the way it is in South Alabama, there'll be 20 or 30 more show up Friday and Saturday. Well, that's a Ricky, good thing. Ricky, you coming? Ricky, are you going to be able to make it out this weekend? Oh, no. Well, if I'll tell you, we we got a, a, a Mobile Mobsters uh, cl- coaches clinic going on uh, Saturday, and then I have a T-ball game, and I'm going to try to get old Ricky out there and uh, I have to have you know somebody to go out there with. I know that, that you've asked me to come out, and I, I appreciate that, Alex. And I, I know a lot of y'all guys from from uh, over playing ball yeah, over the years. Yeah, Luis Gonzalez is coming. Dave Stapleton, John Lieber, uh, Pete Coachman. Um, I'm trying to think who else right offhand, but uh, Louis hadn't been back for a couple three years, so he's coming back out and. Um, and David's coming, so uh, and then John told me the other night he'd be here, be there Friday and Saturday also. Lieber. Well, you know you got Lieber, Stapleton, Gonzalez, uh, probably Lance Johnson may show up. I told Lance, you, yeah, yeah. I need to text Lance to make sure it doesn't slip his mind. I forgot about Lance. And I talked to Ron uh, just, Pelletier today. Ron's very excited about coming out. I think he says he's going to win that golf tournament. Uh, well, man, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Leon's going to be there, and uh, yeah. I, and I hope that, that that I can get Ricky out there. Maybe even Joe Connick. He's down here at the show with us. But I, I want to yeah, I'll, tell Joe to come out there too. He needs to come out there. But drag Ricky out there. He had a good time last year at this. I think he when he came out. What about Coach Kitchell? And say a few things about so, Coach. He'll Kitt. be there. He'll be there. There you go. Uh, Y'all, there's so many old-timers. Well, yeah, and I, I can't think. Dennis Whitehead, I don't know. Ricky, knows, I don't know if he knows Dennis, but Dennis said he was coming from Birmingham. And, Dennis Whitehead. Uh, Terry Williams was a pitcher back when I played, and he's coming from Atlanta. Um, just off the top of my head. I, don't, I should have got the list, but I didn't get the newest list, but there's going to be a pretty good turnout. Ricky, got Ricky on the on the on the microphone with you, Alex. AP. Hey, Alex. 
Hey, Ricky. You need to you need to come out there, man. What what are you what are you trying to say? You have to. <laughs> <laughs> I got to I got to make sure that I'm healthy. The, yeah, uh, we ain't gonna be healthy. All you do is come out there and eat. <laughs> well, that's that's what I was afraid of. All that barbecue pork. I might have. I've got to check my cholesterol and stuff now. Yeah, I'm gonna cook, <laughs> I'm gonna cook uh, ribs, hamburgers, hot dogs, Connecticut sausage uh, Saturday. Hey, Alex and, does um, a great job, Joy, of cooking. I don't know if you've been out there, but uh, you know, there's a. Alex has got his own little place there, and of course, you know you got a lot of competition with Leon Drunkenmiller. Because Leon, he yeah. likes to cook too. <laughs> Leon, in fact, Leon is going to uh, probably do half the ribs at his house Saturday morning, so we're going to have to do them all out there. So yeah, Leon, his his ribs are killers. They're they're good. they are good as they can be. So he's going to do the ribs. Uh, the ribs, half of them there. I'm going to do half of them at, uh, at South before the game, but he's going to help out with that. Well, I, I'm he, gonna, makes a killer, he, he makes a killer uh, pulled chicken, too. I'm going to try to get out there. You know, I do all these lessons in the evenings, you know, and, they, and these young kids, they like it. They don't like to miss, but, you know, I'm going to try to well, get it's I'm gonna try to get. It's not in the evening. You can come out there at 2 o'clock well, Saturday. I start at 3. <laughs> But put them off for an hour. <laughs> right, we so need you out there. Everybody will enjoy seeing you and talking to you and hearing your uh, stories. <laughs> well, I, I do have quite a few stories. I think I kind of take up a lot of time with Joy here when he, he gets me on one story. You know, it's, it's like forever. But you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, it's a it's a great honor to be a part of you know South Alabama and and uh, all this, the experiences I've had there. So I, I know everybody's going to enjoy it and. You know, I, I hope for the best. I hope you get a big crowd out there. That'd be great. Yeah, it should be. I, I'll tell Louie when I see him that I'm I'm glad that he got the chance to see me again. He hadn't seen me in a couple of years. Oh, so Louie's <laughs> Louis going to come out? Louie's coming and David's coming. And um, like I said, Le, uh, Libra's coming. Uh, Pete Coachman, uh, Lance. I'm sure it would be there. I need to make sure of that. I hadn't talked to Lance. I'll, I'll call him to for the other guys. Yeah, you talk to Lance all the time. Make sure yeah. you give him a call, Ricky. I will. I will. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure he's there. All right. Well, well, Pete, him, and Pete, him and Pete had a good time last year. Coachman, they hadn't seen each other in forever. And well, they had a good time. And, you know, last year, Mike Sassone was yeah. there. And, man, he had such a good time with Pete and uh, Lance and Mike passed away right around Christmas this year suddenly and Horrible. he and he said he was coming he had such a good time last year he said he's going to come back for a week this year and you know nobody had seen him in 30 or four, probably 40 years Yeah, and he had a great time and Pete and Lance enjoyed him and we all had a good time with him and then he he uh died suddenly around Christmas. It's kind of sad that we won't get to see him again this year. Right, right. I mean, I, you know, Mike had called me after that. I very seldom heard from him then after that. Uh, last year, you know, he was calling me once a week. You know, we just talk, talk about what's going on. And it was, really? Yeah, it was really it, really surprising, you know, to me, you know, when that happened. Yeah. Of course, yeah. we're getting older, sad. you know, we gotta take we got to take precautions. What? Yes, we're getting older, so you know we got to take a yeah. lot of precautions. I know that's not your dog in the background, is it? 
Hey guys, well we got a chance, Alex. Uh, when you mentioned that about Mike Sasson, and, and you know, and it was a great thing. There was a picture on Facebook with Mike in the middle of Pete Coachman and Lance Johnson, and Mike was proud of that because yeah. they had a great team that year. That was Coach Kitchell's first year. And, yeah, more than fifty games. Right, but at, right now let's 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 recognize Mike Sasson and Mark Johnstone and Coach Jim Crawford, Jimmy Francia, and. Hal Williams. Hal Williams. And yeah, Hal. Ronnie Wright. Uh, uh, going all the way back to Feb Bowling. I'm leaving, leaving somebody out. Uh, uh, Bruce Cataroni. Uh, yes, yes. And uh, but, but um, these guys were, were, were too many people. Ultimate South Alabama products and alumni. But Alex, before we yeah, let you we, go, buddy, I, I want to introduce you to, to a, a player we have in the in the studio here today. Uh, first high school player we've ever had on the show, and you know you were drafted four times, played Miami Dade, you know junior college, and came to play at South. And give some words of wisdom in, in just a, a minute or so to Mr. Edward McLeod. He's a sophomore for St. Paul's, and he's he's ripping. He's got six home runs and hitting. 447 and 42 RBIs and just got the big numbers. But what would you tell a big sophomore that's got the, the world in front of him on the baseball field? Just keep working at it and getting better. That's all you can do. You you know, you don't, it, you don't have to, you know, a lot of kids go to all these, I guess you have to these days, but if you're, if you're any good, the, Scouts will see you and they'll hear about you, but you just got to keep working. The biggest thing is you got to keep getting better each year. Right, Alex, oh, oh, this kid, how, how tall were you, Alex? Six feet. He, he's six three. He reminds me a lot of you. He's a big, strong guy. Uh, he's six three, two fifteen, and he's and he plays third base. And you know he's young. Mm. He's a young kid, and you know he's. I just I was just talking to him earlier. I said that you know uh, Alex, who's got on, I played with him, and you know you're you're a lot like him. I mean you're you know, big right. big strong guy. Alex had he had forearms like Papa. I know I've seen pictures. <laughs> and I, I'll tell you something right now. I think they need to put him behind the plate, and he could be the next Boardman, Glenn Boardman, if he goes to South Alabama. <laughs> now that was a man, wasn't it, Alex? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he he was. Probably six two, six three. Yeah. Yeah, I was about six feet and one one ninety. If I got over one ninety, Stanky started raising cane with me. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I wasn't that big, but uh, or that tall, but I, I was I was hundred about one hundred ninety pounds. Yeah, tough. I wish I was one hundred ninety pounds today. Well, you can be. <laughs> yeah, I can be. I can. you gotta quit, you gotta quit barbecuing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That, that's my problem. Yeah, exactly. the eating part of it. But he, yep. yeah, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be a good player. And where does he play? He plays where, at St. Paul. What school? He's at St. Paul. St. Paul. He started okay. as he started as a ninth grader last year. Hit fourth in the order for wow. him as a ninth grader. Tell him, tell him, Edward, tell Mr. Pastor about your your multi-sport player over at St. Paul's, and tell him a little bit about yourself. Uh, yes, sir. I played baseball and football at St. Paul's. I played D line and corner infield. 
Uh, last year as a freshman, I hit fourth in the order, and this year as a sophomore, I'm hitting third in the order. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I imagine I imagine they made you come out on that football field being six three, uh, two fifteen at St. Paul. That's <laughs> that's a pretty good sized boy for St. Paul's. As a sophomore too, and and yeah, remember the name. Say, don't need to get he doesn't need to get any taller. Just. Yeah. Hey, he, that same height. <laughs> he's what he he's got really really quick hands. I, I wish you get a chance to see him play, you know, and, or he's watch you know just watch him take BP and stuff. You see you see we how fast recruit, his hands are. We need to recruit him at South. Yes, I totally agree. You really do. But, yeah. but Alex, hey buddy, uh, I appreciate you coming on tonight, and and we're gonna uh, try to make it out there and. and if, if I don't get out there, if I get out there, I'd love to take some pictures. You know how I am with that, of some of the all-stars yeah. out there. And, and But but if not, I want you South Alabama Jaguars to enjoy yourselves because none of us are getting any younger, and, and these are the times. And, and, yeah, and, and if you want to come out Friday, we'll be out there Friday night too, Joey. Okay, that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a possibility. But again, thank you, and right. we wish you the best of luck right. on that. And and we'll end on this. Go Jags. Go Jags. Right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, later. Alex. I appreciate it, buddy. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for, for listening to that segment on University of South Alabama Jaguars. We're going to talk with Joe Connick now. Joe, tell us about the Mobile Mobsters. Well, where do you want to start, Joey? Uh, start with the acronym. What does Mobile – what is mobsters? All right, so the acronym really uh, was started with uh, James Hattenstein about 10 years ago. We were sitting down there at the lake, and uh, he said, hey, man, we want to get – we should organize ourselves and try to give back to the sport of baseball. So why don't we call ourselves something like the Mobile Organized Baseball Society? And uh, I said, why don't we just add T-E-R-S to it and come up with the rest of the acronym, which is Teaching Every Relevant Skill Having to Do with Baseball and you know, just trying to serve the community of baseball because for a while there was a little bit of a decline, I guess, going in the game. And we were just trying to put our influence, especially in the inner cities, because there's, it's such a disadvantage seeing as they've never played before until they get to the high school where they're asked to come out there and just fill up a team, basically. You know, I mean, my own experience was at Blunt High School. Well, let's go back farther than that while I'm playing at Davidson High School, playing against uh, some of the inner city schools. I just always had this challenge in my head that, you know, if you had some really good coaching out there, you could really shape those guys up and, and, and put a competitive team out there, you know. And I think same thing with uh, Joe Hutch and the same thing with James Hattenstein. You know, when we coached at the high school level. But, you know, they just didn't have, you know, you try to get them to really love the game. But um, now since we're finished playing and everything, uh, in our kind of brotherhood, the, the thing we do every year where we're down at the lake and we're talking and telling stories and all this, it's really turned into this kind of fraternity that we've had once a year. We, we get all us together and, and, and tell baseball stories. And, and so that's kind of the unifier that's brought us all together. And we all played baseball for so long afterwards with uh, West Ward. And so uh, anyway, this whole thing really has been a crazy divine intervention moment, I guess, in, this, in the time. Because 10 years ago, we talked about this, Hattenstein and I. And for 10 years, it's just set. It's not done anything until, you know, County Commissioner uh, Randall Dewitt got into office. We worked together because I'm an assistant principal out there at uh, Baker High School. And before, he was on the Sheriff's Department. 
So when he got elected into this uh, public official position, I was just basically spitballing with him and said, hey, man, y'all have money earmarked away for a community, you know, a community project that where we give back to the community of baseball, just basically looking for some, you know, some uniforms that we'd all look the same, you know. And he said, well, put together a, a, a budget. So I went to Hattenstein. I was like, man, you know what things cost and uniforms and baseballs and everything that we would need to put on a decent clinic. Well, he came back with the budget uh, as soon as I got it. I forwarded it to uh, Randall Dewitt, and a guy named Donnie Brown happened to be standing next to me. He asked me what I was doing. I said, man, we're, we're putting this mobster thing together. And he said, well, I'm on the Sports Authority board. We can get that happening for you. And so within a matter of pushing a button, talking to Donnie Brown, and then turning to walk back in my office at Baker and almost getting hit by a big white truck with the uh, owner of this uh, new uh, clothing line, Future One, uh, Trent Massey, I was like, look, man, we might be coming into some money, and we got this idea for some cloth, and my son drew the actual mobster, and then, man, things just clicked along, and then pretty soon we just made a, a list of people on retention to be able to serve the community, and and uh, Manhattan, uh, Hutch and I met and had a little meeting about when we wanted to start it, if we are going to do it. Well, January the 14th, we put together that pitching and catching clinic for all inner cities, and it was a big hit, and, you know, Pete Albrecht was out there, and we got some news coverage, and then... We network with the coaches to uh, be able to support them in any way. We even went to their place. I mean, you know, you came out there and filmed all of it and uh, gave them some exposure. And, man, everybody was just, you know, tickled to death, and especially James Hattenstein, because if it wasn't for his pitching staff, because we're all, you know, we're all b busy people. And uh, James Hattenstein's pitching staff uh, just really clutched up for us because they were able to help us run drills and, and get through a lot of things that if we didn't have them, those kids wouldn't get the same amount of attention that we'd like to give to them. So hats off to uh, Hattenstein for getting his kids that, you know, not only are part of their the Bishop State program, but also part of this uh, thing that we're trying to do to kind of help the community of baseball, especially in the inner cities. So that's kind of the, the nuts and bolts of it of how it's happened. And uh, we've been only at it like, what, four months now. And uh, we've been able to support the teams either through catching equipment or, you know, Kevin Rayleigh donate, donating some old helmets and bats to help them out. Uh, fungos, first baseman's bit. This guy, Todd Daniels, had a bag full of pants that he was looking to do something with. We were able to get that to him. And then just being able to talk with the coaches and, and give them some support, anything they need. We really do try to help them best we can. So it's really been a, just a community effort. It's not one person at all. It's all of us. And uh, it's, it's just really fun being back on the field where we're not able to play as much as we used to. Now we at least get to coach and really shape up this raw material that we're dealing with and uh, seeing them that they're really starting to enjoy the game. And, you know, I talked to Stephen Leg out there. His They've won, you know, five more games than they ever did in the past years. They used to wear no games or one game. Now they've, they're like five and 14 or something like that. Uh, BC Rain's got five. Uh, I think LaFleur's eight and five or eight and six or something like that. Um, you know, uh, and then Blunt. Oh my gosh, Blunt program's kind of leading the pack right now with uh, what they're 12 and nine, I think, or something like that. But the biggest thing is they're not rolling over and dying when things don't go their way. They're battling back. You know, I got to see them against Center Point uh, go down 5 2 and then battle back and tie them up in the uh, top of the ninth. And then they went down again. Uh, nine to six, and then uh, came back and back, beat them in the bottom of the uh, seventh inning, ten to. Is that nine. when they had to pull in Satchel Page? Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other story, man. Uh, they got this kid named John. It's about six five. Looks like Satchel Page. And Danny Jennings came out there and helped us one time. 
I mean, the guy had all kinds of potential. And even Danny said, he was like, man, if I could just work with this kid for about a month, I mean, because the ball would explode off his hands. He didn't even know his throwing pattern. I mean, he didn't know his arm slide or anything. But, you know, just, you know, coaching is coaching is a blast. It's a passion. It's taking a raw material and, and being able to grow and develop it and kind of fine-tune it and focus it. That's what, that's what really the passion for coaching is. And when you have some really guys that are willing and are sponges and are learning, those are the guys coaches want to live with. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to deal with some prima donna that think you know everything about the game. You know, I had to thank old coach Jody Daniels back in my high school career when he said, you know, you never know it all about baseball because she is, you know, she, you're always learning something, always learning something. Even with us and the umpire, you know, it's always something you're going to learn about this great game, this crazy woman that we like to hang out with all the time. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, Joe's talking about the, the inner city teams and talking about these clinics that, that we've actually put on. And before the season started, and it started it started out at Bishop State and a good turnout out there, right. and then went to Lafleur, Blunt, Viger, Williamson, and BC Rain, and put on all those clinics for those kids and or young men, and and they 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 were very responsive and and receptive to to the teaching and and you have a clinic coming up this Saturday. Speak a little bit about that, Joe. Yeah, so um, we uh, were able to order all our cloth. This is going to be a great time for us to kind of show off our new uniforms, I guess, that we have. But also, we've been wanting to get into the parks and be able to help those guys that are kind of forced into a voluntary role uh, coaching baseball. And where they might not have a background in baseball, they're, they got a great back, background in being volunteers or being there for their kids and trying to help them out the best we can. So really, we want to give them all the tools that they would possibly need to know about each position uh, catching and you know you're gonna have Randy McGilberry out there helping you with pitching or you know we, we I'm not gonna throw him under the bus or anything because of the South Alabama uh, alumni weekend but um, Lance Ward was trying to talk to uh, John Lieber about having to come out there and probably get some expertise uh, you know you got Tyrone Dixon uh, that just lit him up at South and has some minor league experience him and his son are gonna come out there to help um, and then you know we got we had so many guys that have committed to it but basically we got about we got about 20 guys that I guess we'll call on retainer that are part of this original group. And then we got other people that want to get involved, you know. So uh, this clinic, we hope it's a huge clinic for not only the city, but the county. For any coach that's out there that wants to learn how to properly coach the game of baseball and how to look out for these kids and how to protect their arms because they're being used up with either pitching lessons where they throw it a thousand times or they're playing the travel ball where they're not regulated on their throwing and just protect them but also get the love of this game that's just such a great game and when it gets hold inside your your soul or your passion you know uh you know joey i was supposed to be called i wasn't supposed to come down here to this show but i was downtown uh, or at, at uh, south alabama visiting my dad and i gotta blame him for this whole thing because uh, you know, my dad is this <laughs> Mr. Idea Man. And so, uh, you know, you remember being kids and your dad takes you to go get your first love. And, of course, I love the way that red catcher's mitt looked that we got out of Kmart because it had all the padding. And then him to come out and say, son, you got a catcher's mitt. Catch this. He throws the ball as hard as he can. I mean, I was two or three years old. I don't even remember. No. <laughs> no, but he throws the ball real hard. It hits me in the shin. I'm a catcher for the rest of my life because anybody ever throws. And then, you know, I tell him I want to play, and he tells he's a great idea. He's like, go and get the kids in the neighborhood, and you coach the team, and I'll sponsor you. So we go down to Crawford Park and have a batting practice. I'm eight years old, you know. 
And so he got me into coaching and then just the passion and the love. And, you know, you run into people like Steve Watley, who if you, you cut him, red clay is going to fall out of his arm, you know. So uh, all these things take place. And, and now here this, these relationships have grown to where we get to do this and be on the field together and to give back. So, you know, by being here and being on this show in this great community, which you are kind of the spokesperson for, hopefully we can get the word out. And going against the South Alabama alumni weekend is going to be tough. I get that. But really, we want to get everybody that's doing any park coaching, okay? If you're coaching at any park in Mobile County, surrounding area, and you want to come and hone your skills and be a better coach, and not that we're prima donnas or anything like that, but I think we're all baseball purists that just just love the game and we really want to give back and, and really – Kind of get away from all the, you know, the, the travel ball. And not, I'm not saying anything about bad about anything. Just to be purist about the game and really look out for planting the seed so you truly grow a passion and love it. You know, coming out of little league or whatever league and, and growing and developing in, in these these skills that some of these kids don't get a chance to show. You know, whether it be their parents can't afford to put them on certain teams and things like that. So we want to give them every opportunity to at least get a knowledge base with coaching, and we can tell you what to do at each position and give you some really good insight um, to try to help you out so that when you do lead these young guys, you can evaluate them, you can put them in the right place, you can uh, give them drills that are gonna make them better. You know, uh, and, and we wanna do this for, like I said, not only the city, uh, but the county. And, and this, again, just like everything else we do, I say the word divine intervention a lot, but uh, this, this just happened because this guy, Chris Maddox, who's running the Mims Park 15 and over league, you know, contacted me and he's like, hey man, I need some more coaches. And then of course we wanted to help some way we could. So I said, why don't we put on a coaches clinic? And then he's all gung ho for it. And then you, you try to incorporate the sports authority with Dan Cordy, he's gonna help us out. And then, um, and it also brings us all together to be on the field. And then we're just hoping for a bunch of people to show up so we can help coaches coach and get a good product on the field, get guys that are competitive, that love the game, but we protect them. You know, if we can just teach them that all this great stuff that you can play with this game that's so much fun that to play and the friendships you make are lifelong, you know? So it really is, Joe. And, and I, I think this is going to start at 10 o'clock on Saturday. So any coaches that want to get involved, come out to Mims Park Saturday and, and check out the Mobile Monsters and see what they got to offer. Okay. And and Joe, you know that I appreciate you giving us that presentation, and this that's, that was perfect, man. Well, I didn't go over my ten minute a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well we're going to try to get Tanner Allen on the line, and Ricky, you're going to be in charge of this. One. I'm going to introduce him, but but this, this is going to be your your cookie, okay, buddy? So right. I want to thank everybody for listening to WNSP now on on uh, WNSP, and pick up that that podcast and check us out. Nice we got we got we got three catchers in here. We got Joe Connick, Ricky Patterson, and myself. And Danny Jennings came up with a with a with a uh, slogan, uh, uh, the catcher's corner with Joey Warner. And, and this is what we're going to be. I'm going to give you about a two minute pitch with high school baseball, and and give you the schedule out there. Seven A, Baker is at Prattville this weekend. Smith Station's at Fairhope. Daphne's at Central Phoenix City. Enterprises at Mary G. Montgomery. We're going to skip down to 2A. You got Bayshore Christian at Pike Liberal Arts. 
Wicksburg versus St. Luke's. 3A, you got Providence Christian at, at Cottage Hill Christian. 4A, you got Trinity at Satsuma. They call it the swamp out there. Satsuma's playing good baseball. Geneva versus UMS Wright. Bayside Academy is at Bibb County. Edward McLeod in St. Paul's has got Tallahassee. Spanish Ford is at Northridge. And Sarah Land has Selena. And real quickly, Spring Hill College is 27 and 18 and 25 and 4 in their conference. University of Mobile is 29 and 11, 14 and 7 in their conference. Bishop State, James Hattenstein has his team 27 and 18, the best they've ever been, 19 and 9 in the conference. And we talked about it earlier. South Alabama's 21 and 19 and 99 in the Sun Belt. And so we're going to see if we got Tanner Allen on the line. And uh, Tanner, are you there, buddy? Yes, sir. What's going on? Hey, Tanner, Joey Warner here, and we're here with Ricky Patterson and Edward McLeod from St. Paul's. And uh, thanks, thanks a lot for coming on, Tanner. Oh, man, I'm glad to be here. Well, let me tell you something, buddy, before I hand you over to Ricky, because I know that you and Ricky go back a long, long way, but I'm, I'm a big fan of yours. I ordered some of your baseball cards when they first came out, still got some, and I need to get Ricky to get them to you, or maybe you can, if you're ever in Mobile, we can get you on the show. Uh, you know, during the off season, but uh, I bought those 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 baseball cards and I cherish them. But I was able to see the final game when y'all played Notre Dame. For, forgive me, but since 1970, I've been a huge Notre Dame fan, and and I watched. I went down to first time I ever went to Starkville, and that was an unbelievable experience. And y'all had an ex, an amazing team, Tanner. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, we had a really good team that year. Really good team. Well, I, I, I keep telling everybody about the, the big the big first baseman for Notre Dame. I can't remember Nico, his name. He was drafted. Yeah. Nico Cavada. Is that right? He's probably a big buddy of yours. But, man, I'm going to tell you something. I was in the left field line and right right behind the bullpen. In fact, I was right above the bullpen. There were people everywhere. It was the most amazing experience. I got pictures and videos and stuff like that. But, man, I watched that home run. I saw an angle from it from the time it left the bat, and it was mammoth. I, we got a guy in here tonight. It might have been, I don't know whose who's home run was longer, his last weekend or that first baseman's. But it went over your head. What, think <laughs> about that, man. What, relive that for a minute, Tanner. <laughs> that one was easy. So uh, we brought Landon Sims in, and Landon Sims hadn't given up a home run all year long. And uh, he didn't get cheated on the one he gave up. Let's put it like that. Uh, I was standing there to hit the ball. I, I didn't. I normally, you know, at least give the pitcher a little courtesy run just to make make him feel a little bit better. But <laughs> I kind of just turned around and watched that one go. Uh, I, I, and BP, you very rarely ever see anybody get it up to the student section. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a pretty good poke to get it up there. And uh, I vividly remember uh, uh, a frat boy reaching out of the back of the student section trying to catch the ball as it went over the student section. So it, it was a bomb. Right. They, the, the documentaries they do uh, about y'all, and, and you're, uh, of course you, you were in charge of 29% of Mississippi State's offense, you know, the 2021 SEC Player of the Year, 2021 National Player of the Year. Uh, it, was, it was an awesome thing to, to see that. But they said that on that documentary – that, that, that he hit it out of the stadium, and, and it, it just kept going. I had a beautiful angle on it. I, I just wanted to bring that up because it was an exciting moment. Yeah, he's trying to rub it in. You know <laughs> that. <now. laughs> Y'all won the game. Y'all jumped right out, man. And, 
and I had a Mississippi State man pay, guy pay my ways, buy me beer. It was the best experience I've ever had at a baseball game. But I'm going to hand you off to Ricky Patterson right now, and, and y- y'all have a good time with it, man. Hey, Tanner. All right, man. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we go back and kind of reminisce, you know, that, that year at Mississippi State and what you guys did. And uh, yeah, I think you played on three World Series teams, didn't you, Tanner? Yeah, we went we went to the World Series. Uh, I went three times. Of course, we couldn't go in twenty because of COVID. But in uh, eighteen, nineteen, and twenty one, we went. Right, and uh, you know, I tell everybody, you know, it was you and Rowdy, you know, that kind of carried that team, and how you know, and how important that you and uh, Rowdy worked to it because you know you 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 know your team kind of takes the personality of, of certain types of players, and you kind of lead you led your team. And, you know, and, and you had, you know, you had Rowdy there with you. And then if he wasn't going good, then you know, Rowdy would be going good. You kind of guys went back and forth. But um, the the experience and uh, being a part of Mississippi State and the, and the tradition, you know, that's one thing that I'm real big on is a tradition part of the game. And, you know, I know that you, that you were very, very instrumental. And I'll tell anybody that. And, and I think the coaches recognize that, too. Because you were, you two guys were the ones, when you guys struggled, you were the ones that kept everything going. Oh, no doubt about it. It was like, uh, I can remember, you know, we're playing Missouri, probably the worst team in the SEC that year. One of the last series at home, and they beat us two out of three, you know. Right. And uh, everybody's kind of freaking out. You know, social media's going crazy. Town's going crazy. I tell people the story all the time. We're, you know, that that weekend it was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series, and we got beat that Saturday. Well, Sunday rolled around, and we were just trying to have a nice, easy, relaxing day off at the pool. And uh, this pool had a jumbotron, and the, and the people that were, you know, in, in charge of this pool ran this pool started running the highlights on that jumbotron of us getting our butt kicked. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, uh, the town was kind of freaking out, but, you know, me and Rowdy had been there for a while. I think it was our third year or our fourth year counting COVID year. So we kind of knew, you know, uh, hey, look, we got a lot of ball that's to be played. You know, we were we were a national seed, so we were going to get to host a regional at Starkville. So we really didn't freak out. We kind of just went about our business and just got back after it, you know, and that was kind of the identity of that team. Right. We, we'd get beat, but so what? It's about the next day. Well, you've the experience that you had, you know, being there, you knew you had, you know, next, you know, next couple of days, you got another game going, you know, like football, you had to wait, you know, seven days before you got out there and, you know, and had another game. But, you know, we have a, a kid here um, that he was player of the week, I think twice now. And uh, of course, I know you two guys are rivals, you know, UMS and St. Paul, but this kid, you know, you started as an eighth grader. You got called up, I think, in the eighth grade, and uh, right. this kid got called up as a ninth grader and hit fourth in the lineup. No, he yeah, he yeah. hit fourth in the lineup, and uh, he reminds me a lot of you and your you know the especially your quick hands and stuff. You know, he he definitely has that, and you know he now he's a sophomore, and he, you know he's he's hitting fourth uh, no third this year, so they you know kind of bumped him up, but he he reminds me a lot of you. And you know that's one. Yeah, I heard a, he's, go ahead. Yeah, I've heard a lot of things. Yeah, I've heard a lot of things about him. I know you talked to talked to me about him. You know, I saw uh, on on online or on Twitter that he had a big home run this past weekend. I guess the first round of playoffs. Yes. Yeah. 
It yeah. might have been a grand slam. Wasn't it a grand slam? It was a grand slam. I, just, I, I was lucky. I, <laughs> I got an opportunity. I was there at the right time, and uh, he hit it. Tanner, I, you know the feel. The ball was yeah. rising when it went out over the trees and left center. <laughs> I mean, I, he, he's kind of he's kind of put a name for himself now. You know, he you know he's got a lot to live up to. Right, and here's the here's the thing though. You said he's a sophomore, correct? Yes. So he's got a target on his back. Everybody knows who he is now. Now, now the fun really begins. That's right, <laughs> sir. You know what I mean? Because now everybody knows who you are. They're going to have a certain expectation, and you can't worry about other people's expectation. You just got to keep your head down and keep working and keep doing what makes you good. You get lost in everybody's opinion of you. Just if, for example, this game will kick you in your rear end. You start struggling. There's going to be word around town that he ain't as good as everybody thought thought he was. You can't worry about all that stuff. You can't worry about all the praise either. You just got to keep your nose down and keep working. Yeah, be very humble, right? That's it. Everybody loves a humble hero. That's right. You're absolutely right. You uh, you have any questions for him? He's kind how, of quiet. How tall, is, how tall are you? I'm 6'3". You play football? I do. And what position <laughs> you play football? Uh, D-line. I heard that. I heard that. See, when I went to LA, when I was on my recruiting visit at LSU, one of the second or third questions they asked me is, is uh, if I played football. They loved football guys, man. Why do you think that? You got a little bit more grit to you. Ah, there you go. There you go. Who who does St. Paul's have this weekend? Oh, we got Towsie at Towsie. Oh, I played Towsie my last year at UMS. They get pretty rowdy. And they're going to Towsie. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Towsie. They're going to be real rowdy. They was rowdy at UMS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. If y'all hope y'all win it all, man. If uh, just. Just hey, look! It's just another game. Don't treat it nothing special. Just keep doing it. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, even though you're a sophomore, you can still lead that bunch. So, thing is, you got to lead by example. There you lead go. Lead by example. That's it. But I've heard a lot about you, and I'm, I'm I look forward to hearing more about you and seeing more about you as you get older too, as well. Yeah, he's, he's got your hand speed. I can tell you that. And I think anybody that knows about hand speed with you, I, I think I got a pretty good view of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey well, Tanner, how hard do you swing slow them hands are? That's right. Mm -hmm. Tanner, I want to jump in here for a second. Uh, yeah. you're, you're a fourth-round draft choice, and I, I disagree with that. I, should have, I felt like you should have been much higher. But, but anyway, uh, you're playing in the Miami Marlins organization, which I feel like is a good organization for you to advance. And how are things going with, with your career so far? How do you feel about it? I want you to know this. I want you to know this first, that myself, and I want to remind everybody, all the listeners out there, to go to my Facebook page, Mobile Baseball Connection, and if you want to see something about Tanner Allen, I'll put some stuff on there tonight. I got some great stuff. And, but anyway, I'm a big fan of yours, and all of Mobile, Tanner, we're pulling for you, and there's a there's – a, a couple of handfuls of you guys up there, and there's a couple of them in the big leagues now that are struggling, but they're, it's an early in the season. And, you know, it takes a while to get warmed up, but give us your take on that and where you're going with your career, buddy. Yeah, man. So I'm going to be honest with you. My, uh, the beginning of my career, I've, been, I've slowed down. Uh, I had a rough year last year. I had a few nagging injuries that kind of 
uh, maybe missed some time. And then when I did play, I was kind of scuffling. But that's this game, man. You can ask anybody in this game, in the big leagues, if they've ever struggled. And they'd be a liar if they said you they've never struggled. You know, and that's a part of it. That's what I feel like the younger guys coming up now need to understand. The sooner you understand how to deal with failure, the better you're going to be. So the thing is, I, I know what I was struggling with last year. I knew uh, what was giving me problems. So in the offseason, I kind of just attacked my weakness. You know, I felt like last year I missed a lot of fastballs. And I'm, I'm a really, really good fastball hitter. I'll always, I've been a really good fastball hitter my whole life. I wouldn't miss them. I was just fouling them back. So, like, me and Ricky got in the cage, and we we, were, we figured out my swing might have been just a little too flat, you know, and my barrel was not getting to the zone quick enough. So we got back on top of the ball, and, man, I've had a great start to this year so far. You know, I'm, I'm starting to barrel the fastball back up again, starting to get my confidence back. But as a baseball player, you're going to struggle, and uh, it's all about who can overcome the struggle and figure out how to get out of the funk. And uh, that's what I'm doing my best at right now. Well, it, I'm not. I'm not worried about you. I know what I know what your ability is, and I've you know I've been around the game quite a bit in the minor leagues, and uh, ran across some pretty good big leaguers in my time. But it, it, there's no. And I look at what you've done, and then I go back and I looked at your stats, and you had you only had 290 something bats in the minor leagues. And I was I was amazed. I thought you had way more than that, but you know now you you you're, it looks like they're gonna uh, you're gonna get more at bats and more playing time because it's all about the at bats, and that's what I try to explain to everybody is you know you you got before you can even decide whether whether you can do anything you got to have way over four you know five hundred at bats. I mean you're gonna get five hundred at bats in a year. And you know, I'm, that's why I, you just keep you just keep going and getting you know, get out there and get the experience because good things are going to happen. I mean, you, you're you're way you're way too good for that. I mean, I know I know you I know what's in the tank. I know there exactly, exactly. And me as a player, I know what's in the tank as well. Clearly, I mean, a lot of that had to do with my struggles had to do with was I know how good I am, and sometimes you know I'm not showing that. And uh, you you press, you try to do too much. Like Coach Ricky always tells me, he's like, you're trying to get four hits and one at bat. You can't do that. You just got to relax and play the game that I've played my whole life and uh, everything else take care of itself. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. Edward, you got any questions for Tanner? Uh, how'd you pick Mississippi State over all your other colleges? All right, that's a good question. I'm going to tell you something, Bob. <laughs> You keep doing good, you're going to have some interest. That's, that's clearly going to happen. So my piece of advice for you is go where they want you the most because that's where you're going to play. So for me, LSU, out of the go, out of the get-go, uh, wanted me the most. What I mean by that is they offered me the most. And they told me I was going to play from day one when I got there. Well, the guy who, uh, Andy Canizero, who told me all that stuff, who offered me, got the head coach job at Mississippi State. He called me and said, look, you got the same deal. If you come to Mississippi State, you're going to play from day one. So that's that's how I made my decision. All right. So you, you basically followed the guy that recruited you at, at LSU. Of course, now, you, you had a lot of, you had a lot of uh, interest. I remember talking to your dad, and, you know, they, all of a sudden, you know, people started finding out about Tanner Allen, and then, uh, then there was a lot of uh, other places in the – I was talking to your dad. I think Auburn was the first one that made you an offer. And I said, well. Yeah, Auburn. Hey, even South Alabama, Coach Calvi, man, they they jumped on board. I mean, 
love Coach Calvi. They got a great thing going over there. And uh, my mom wouldn't let me commit to him. I almost committed to him. And then I believe probably about three or four weeks later, that's like Coach Ricky said, they kind of all started coming together for me. Auburn, LSU, Mississippi State, Alabama, Ole Miss, stuff like that. I mean, it was once you once you get offered by one of them, they all want you. They don't want to miss out on something. And and uh, when did all that interest take place? I, I forgot. Wasn't it your senior year? No, I think it, I, I started getting offers and looks my sophomore year. Okay, freshman sophomore year. Right. But all that all that decommitment stuff took place my senior year. Yeah. 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 Because then, yeah, because your senior year, I don't, I don't know if it was taking a lot of young people at that time, but you know, your senior year, that's when you started getting a lot of the offers, and you know, he, right. Hey, there's no doubt you made the right decision. You played in three World Series, and I, I'll never forget what I told your dad. That okay, uh, uh, try to don't get too excited, but you want to go to a place where he gets an opportunity to play in the World Series, and Tanner. I never would imagine it that you guys probably would have played in four if it wasn't for the COVID. But you got a yeah, yeah you got an opportunity to play in three World Series. That is unbelievable, and a national team. We can't forget about that. Yeah. And where'd you hit yeah. on the national team? I had, I was in the three spot. That's correct. And all those guys hitting behind you were first round draft picks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Funny how that works, isn't it? That's yeah, yeah. Hey, Tanner, we got a couple more minutes here, and I want to say something to you, and I want to compliment the sports writer, first of all. There's an, a story that came out a few weeks ago, and there, there's, it's a very, this is a subject that it, it, it brings out a lot of opinion and a lot of debate, but talk a little bit about the, the article and the story that, that, that the writer from Mississippi did on you, and you, you said some really inspirational things and some, some very uh, much things that you experienced coming up as a, as a kid. Talk just a little bit about that. Yeah, just talking about, you know, a lot of these parents nowadays have such high expectations on their kids that they put so much pressure on them that they don't even want to play baseball anymore, you know. And uh, I feel like coming up, you don't have to – when you're, nine, you know, eight, nine, ten years old, you need to focus on having fun more than you do taking it so daggum serious. You know, nobody's there watching you play when you're nine years old. You know, and I feel like a lot of kids nowadays, whenever, uh, if they're nine or ten years old and they have a bad game and their parents act like it's the end of the world, that just drives them away from the game. And if anything, you want them to have fun and fall in love with the game and, and want to work harder at the game so when they're 14, 15, 16 years old, and they want to play college baseball, they'll have the drive to do what it takes to play college baseball. You know, everybody thinks you got to travel all over the country to play travel ball, spend all this money, but you're wrong. If you're, if you're good, they'll find you, I promise. Because when I was coming up, I played, you know, uh, local tournaments here and there, just to have fun with my buddies. But when I got older, I went to one workout at East Coast Pro. And then like, like Coach Ricky said, Next day, everybody in the SEC was on the phone. That's correct. And I had, yeah, I had, I had, I had buddies of mine that that spent all the money nonstop playing all over the country, and they didn't go where I went. And uh, they actually, some of them didn't even play high school baseball because they were burnt out on it. Wow. Well, you know, there's a, I, I think it, it it comes down to it. You know, a lot of people say that uh, that you get burned out, but 
you loved the game so much you didn't get burned out, did you? Exactly. <laughs> that is true you too. loved the game. That is true too. He's right. Yeah. You can't you can't want it for your kid. You know what I mean. At the end of the day, it's about how much he wants it. Yeah, I you know I was uh, I I agree with you because you know you know both you know with my uh, my grandson and my youngest son you know of course me Larry and I and I was out of the game and Larry was out and we you know we was in the park ball for a while and then Larry and I we started uh, coaching the travel ball team so you know we could get we because you get better by playing good competition and you want and you're trying to get as many just like right now you're trying to get your at bats in. And because that, you know, your defensive right. ability, your your baseball skills, you know, you're you got a master's degree in the game of baseball. I mean, I know you, right. I know you think you, you don't know everything about this game. You never will, and that's what makes the game right. so much fun. But you know, playing that good competition like you did in the SEC, you know that that prepared you for what you wanted to be when you got older, and you, exactly. you're very fortunate to do that. Exactly, because I, I mean. I'm real good friends for Coach Rayleigh at UMS, and he's even told me, man, he's had some kids that don't even want to play high school ball. They just want to play travel ball. You know what I mean? And and at the end of the day, you learn high school ball brings a lot to the table. You know what I mean? You finally get in the locker room with a team. You practice every day. You know what I mean? It, it kind of teaches you about the game, and I believe that is a vital part of not only somebody's baseball career, but development into life as well you're part of a team you're accountable you know these travel ball teams they change year to year non-stop i mean you got to pay money up front to be even be on them but i think uh he like coach Ricky said you're right you got you get better by playing the best competition and let's be honest here and you're nine and ten years old <laughs> if you think that i mean that is competitive baseball you it's just not you know, it's it's about then. It's about having fun and letting them learn to enjoy the game, and then have that drive and develop that drive to get better. Well, Tanner, I tell you, uh, I'm 60 years old, 10 years younger than old Ricky over here. But but anyway, he uh, looks he looks yeah, a lot yeah, older. Yeah, I do. I do. Man, I do. Uh, Coach Curtis hadn't got anything on me, man. <laughs> and I know you, you and Coach Curtis. He he was a speaker at our Midtown Optimus Club. Uh, awards presentation a while back and he he had great things to say about you tanner and you're an inspiration to everybody around uh, this area in the community but i am coaching a uh, my t-ball team called the yankees at municipal park and my grandson's four years old and i got a two-year-old grandson and a and a six-week-old grandson so i'm in the early stages of all this and and you know hearing hearing stuff like that inspiring things like that from somebody that's lived it uh, it, it's very appreciative for, for, for myself and all the listeners, too. And I want to thank you for taking the time. Ricky, thank you for, for being contacting with Tanner. And, and I hope you'll come back on. And, and we'll, you're always welcome on, on the batter's box here. And we want to you know, have you on periodically. And you can tell us what's going on in, in, in the Marlins organization and, and whatever's going on in your career. And, uh, again, thank you for coming on. And, and uh, we'll we'll be talking to you, buddy. And hey, I'm, we're yes, going to end on this. We're going to end on this. Go Marlins. I got. I got the truth. That's my kind of my sound off with people. But again, thank you, thank you, buddy. Thank you, thank you, Tanner. You did, you a, did a great job. All right, job. guys. Yeah, y'all be good. All, All right, right, buddy. Thank you. All right, bye bye. Okay, Ricky. We're, we're going to wrap it up here. And and 
So um, you tried. I know what you was trying to do. You was trying to needle him, and so you would you try to get some confrontation. I know what you was trying to. No, do. No, I'm trying to get free tickets if we ever go down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's it's been a it's been a pleasure to meet Eddie McLeod or Evan McLeod. I have all the respect for him <laughs> and admiration too. And Ricky, thanks for bringing him down here or showing him the way down here. Hey, I, he just followed me. He just followed <laughs> and, me down here. Hey, I can guarantee you that the scouts are going to start showing up if they're not already. Ricky, they probably already are. Yeah, and, his 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 name is out there. You know, being a sophomore, and you know that's that's why I told him don't worry about it. I mean, because you know you're he's still in development. Something that I want him to understand. Uh, when I went out and was scouting. And I would go to look at a certain player. And then I saw a kid out there that was, you know, in the 10th grade. And I really liked, you know, what type of ability he had. So what I'd do, and this is even when I was in college, I'd write these kids' name down, and then I would follow up. And the next year I'd go, and he's a sophomore, he's a, a junior. And I wanted to see if he got any better. And then write his name down again. Then the next year go back as a senior and see if he got a little bit better. The whole thing is have a plan and just try to get better Edward, a little bit every year. You don't have to jump from uh, a, a regular high school player to an All-American high school player. I like to see kids that's, got, that's gradually progressing. And the reason you do that is because your big question is, is he peaked? You know, if you've got a kid that comes up and then you don't know, you like the kid, but is he is he already peaked out and this is the best he's going to be and that's why a lot of times they go to college and then they they don't get the opportunity just be ready to every day you work to get better and i ain't worried about you working i know you're going to do that nobody in the city is going to outwork you you're a lot like tanner nobody outworked tanner i mean tanner he would he would hit every day or he would if he would come there work on his pitching or whatever he was at the time I want you to think about, and you can tell your teammates, and I'm hoping that the guys out there listening, look, as a, as a scout and as a coach, I watch players at a very early age, and I want to see how good they are. I got an eight-year-old right now I've been watching. I hope that I can watch him and see what he does when he's 16 years old. But that's <laughs> what I'm looking for. then. Well, that, well <laughs> I, I don't know if I get an opportunity to see him. <laughs> But Edward, you did great tonight, and we're glad to have you. And you know, this is very, very important for you. Okay, being able to get out and you got to be able to talk. You handle yourself very well. Well, you know, I'll say something real quickly about uh, confidence and cockiness. You know, in baseball, especially the sport of baseball, is if you're if you're just a brilliant, talented player, you don't really have to have either. You just you're just blessed with the with the ability. But if you're if you're a Pete Rose type. You got to have that cockiness, and you got to have that confidence. And um, uh, Tanner Tanner Allen has confidence. Uh, he, he's he's not cocky by all means. I, but I I I would think that he is on the field because you got to be. You better be. Because I mean, nobody else be. thinks you are. That's right. <laughs> and it's a war when it comes to that. But confidence is the key. And and. And I, 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 I'm gonna have to come see Edward play just to just to experience that. Well, we we they got to win this week, so we get an opportunity yeah. to come home. <laughs> then you get a chance to go watch him play. But again, you, you, I, you're playing for a, a really good man, Andy Robbins. He, he's been around forever, 
and he's uh, supported everything I do over the years, and, and Ricky as well. And 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 again, uh, I've heard heard good things about your you know you you have support from parents and and student body and uh, and uh, just. You continue hit man with home runs like you did this past. <laughs> no <weekend>. more bat flips. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen to what my grandson did. He slung the bat five times this weekend. I don't know where that came from. I had to stop and get a little fiery out there, and that's not me on the tee ball. Field. Did he mean to do it, or he just? Uh, I don't know. I haven't oh. figured it out yet. You know, but but uh, anyway, those bat flips can get you in trouble. And this gentleman. <laughs> well, you want to tell him what I told him? <laughs> tell everybody out there what I told you. Do you remember? You hit the after you hit the home run and you did the bat flip. Oh, how you got just got to control your emotions on the field and don't let them get to you. Because he he was upset because the other team, you know, they were jawing at the time. And uh, but see, this is where handle your emotions. Be bigger, be bigger than them. And this is for all these, you know. It okay? I might have flipped my bat if I'd have hit a ball like that, but. <laughs> You know, you don't want to disrespect the other team. This is a great game, and have and and have respect for the other team that's out there. That's right. I I think we're going to call him the Aaron Judge of Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks again, Eddie McLeod, Edward McLeod, for coming on St. Paul's. Go go for it, Ricky. It's always a pleasure. It's a lot of fun. You've been listening to Ricky Patterson and. Edward McLeod and Joey Warner and Joe Connick was with us earlier. We had Tanner Allen on. We had Alex Pastor. We got Nick Wiggins behind the glass as our producer. We've had another great time here at WNSP now at the WNSP studio on Dolphin Street in Mobile, Alabama. And we're signing out.